I think that each week as we are traveling through Mark, I want to just remind us that Jesus showed up with the announcement of good news. He said this. He came to Galilee announcing the good news of God, saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. Now, when I say repent, I want to, again, I'm trying to, I'm trying to instill a definition. I know that when I say repent, we immediately think you're, I, I, that means you're asking me to change my behavior. You're asking me to be remorseful. You're asking me to confess my sin. But the word that Jesus uses, the word that the New Testament uses, begins with change your mind. My friends, if we do not change our mind about who God is, if we don't change our mind about who Jesus is, if we don't change our mind about this announcement of the good news, then our behavior doesn't change. Behavior follows a change in what we think and what we believe. And then that will lead, that will lead to a change of behavior. Rarely can you stand out on a street corner with a sign that says, Repent, you dirty sinner. Rarely do people respond to that. Most of the time that makes people angry. And then those that are holding the sign feel like they've done their religious duty and they go home really feeling proud of themselves that they told people to go to hell. That's not the gospel of Jesus. That's not the good news of Jesus. Jesus never said, I've shown up to tell you that you're going to hell. He came to say, there's some really good news. And the way that you're thinking and the way that you're believing must change if you're going to receive that good news. How you're thinking about Messiah, God, kingdom, it's got to change. And when that changes, your life will change radically. But until you have a change in your mind, it's not going to happen. So this story that Mark is telling us really is this repetition. Jesus is just doing He's just announcing the arrival of God's kingdom. He's inviting people to believe the good news of that arrival, the good news that God is doing something different. And you have people responding. Some accept and some reject. Acceptance is the action acceptance and rejection always are active they're never passive the action of consenting to receive something offered that's what acceptance is rejection is the action of refusing to receive something offered we've had two like incredible examples of people accepting what jesus offered there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years we had a the leader of the synagogue whose 12-year-old daughter was sick and and dying. And they accepted. It sounded like this. The woman, just, uh, again, I'm just, I'm reading into the story. What's what I think she would have said? I'm sick. I've been sick for 12 years. I have spent everything I have and no one has helped me. So now I'm poor, I'm still sick, I'm living on the street, I'm cut off from going to the synagogue or the temple, but I believe Jesus can help me. And the woman actively consented to receive healing. 
even though she snuck up behind Jesus and just touched the fringe of his garment. Jairus, similarly, he would have said something like, my daughter is sick. My 12-year-old daughter is sick. And no one can help her. And she's about to die. I believe Jesus can help me. And Jairus actively consented to receive healing and the return of life to his daughter. And that was what Jesus offered him. But because Mark is telling us the real story, not everybody accepted what Jesus offered. Jesus goes to his hometown, as Otto shared with us last week. The people in his hometown rejected him. Sin may consist in a breach of a moral law. That's not what this, friends, it was in unbelief. They chose not to believe or in acceptance of false beliefs. They took offense at Jesus by refusing. We refused to believe in him. They would have said something like this. We refuse to believe Jesus is anyone extraordinary. We know his mom, his dad, his brothers, his sisters. We know his address, his home. We know his education. We know. We know everything there's to know about him. We refuse to believe that Jesus can help us. And as a matter of fact, we are offended by that suggestion. That was the rejection that Jesus got. So then the, just the tension, when I read through that and we get to this point in the story, this is, this is what I wonder. This is the question. So how will Jesus handle the rejection of his announcement of the good news of the kingdom by the people in his hometown? I mean, that had to be like, you know, crunk, dang. That didn't go over so good. And Mark 6.6 6 tells us, Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. Look at, look at what's going on there. Just, I mean, you, you can say, I don't have to tell you what's going on there. You know, unbelief, rejection, refusal to let Jesus help, that that can surprise even Jesus. And yet, however, others still need to hear the invitation and be given the opportunity to accept or reject. And not only is Jesus continuing to do what he he came to do, but now he's going to say, hey, everybody that's following me, you're invited to go and deliver the announcement too. So yeah, rejection kind of makes you pause. But you press through it and keep going. Here's the story in Mark's words. He called the 12. He invited the 12. That's an invitation. And he began to send. There's some, there's a, some kind of progression there. He began to send them out two by two, gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts. Do wear sandals. Don't put on two tunics. And he said to them, 
Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you receive, until you leave the place. And if any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and they proclaimed that all should repent. Again, they did not go out with a placard that said, you're all going to hell. They went out with the same announcement that Jesus had, inviting people to change their mind. And then that change of mind led to change of life. And they cast out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. So as, as I read that, then I see, I see Jesus at the center of this. And he's trying to get the announcement of the kingdom out there. He's trying to get the word out to everybody in Galilee. And as he does that, that's probably really small for you to read. But he's inviting his followers to go to others with the announcement. The job is bigger than Jesus can accomplish by himself. And there's an invitation. You've been following me. You've been seeing me. You've been hearing me. You've seen the demonstrations. Now I want want to invite you to do what I've been doing. And then he begins to send them two by two. It seems to me that what Mark is just introducing is that not everybody was ready to go at at that moment. And so as they got ready, two by two, then he sent them. The invitation was given. They came back with a response. You know, Jesus, I'm not quite ready to go. Okay. Hey, Jesus, I'm ready to go. Okay. So there's, there's probably some movement there. But those that were ready, then he gives each team, each two, he gives them powerful ability. He does give them power. We sometimes are really afraid of that word. Jesus gave them spiritual power. And authorization, authority to demonstrate the arrival of God's kingdom on the earth by discerning evil spirits, and healing the sick. And then he gave them like orders, like specific commands as they went out. So I believe, as I read that, I believe that Jesus is really extending the same invitation to us. I think that he's given the same invitation to every generation of people that have followed him. So all of us that are following Jesus are invited to go. Go. (laughs) We're so used to gathering. It's go. It's not just get people in a room so that somebody else can tell them the announcement. It's that everybody following Jesus is invited to go with this incredible story. You know, as I think about what we're reading in Mark, and I contrast that with what I see in the headlines or what I hear other people that are following Jesus saying, I think, who's stolen the story? What in the world? We have this this incredible opportunity to announce the good news of God's reign on the earth, being restored, making things better to our generation. I don't know who doesn't want to hear about that. And then I believe that Jesus, once he invites us to do that, he gives us space. He gives us time. 
so that we then say, yes, I'm ready to go. And he's patient with us until we're ready to go. And so then he invites us, go out. Don't go out alone. Go out two by two. Go out to the cities around you. And I believe that Jesus still gives people the powerful ability and his authority to silence and cast out evil spirits as they oppress people. And I believe they're oppressing people as much or more than what they were in his day. I don't think once Jesus ascended into heaven that all the spirits went home. They're active in our cities as much as they were in his. And then Jesus gives specific orders for each of the journeys. I think the main one is just just go. Go. Get out there. The others take no, you know, don't pack a sack lunch. Don't take any money with you. Don't even take a don't take an don't look at the weather. Don't take an overcoat. Just go. Don't make this difficult. And then, you know, we, we don't carry staffs around, so I, I'd change that to a walking stick. And I have sandals on today, but I don't typically walk in sandals. But, you know, put, put on your walking shoes. This is a walking exercise. Take a walking stick, put on your walking shoes, get out there, go. And, and keep moving. Don't get hung up on rejection. Just announce, tell the story. And if people reject it, okay, keep moving. And then come back and share what's happened. What I'm really excited about in this season of Pentecost, which is coming, is it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do this. And we're going to start the Pentecost season not together in this room. We're going to start this Pentecost season out there in the city Serving in a variety of ways. I mean, I, that, that, I mean, that's like, that's the best illustration of what Mark is trying to communicate to us today. See, how, I mean, are we as excited about doing that as we are about getting in a room together? I mean, I love our, I love our, I love gathering. I mean, I love seeing, I don't get to see you enough during the week. So I love, I love it when we get together. I love having coffee together. I love snacking. I love hugs. I love our songs. I love sharing the story. But if the result of that is that we don't go out through those doors to announce to our generation what we know about Jesus, the love of God, a change that God has introduced to our world, then what we do in this room means nothing. So next week, I just felt like, God, I just felt like the stamp of, yes, God's timing, where we are. That's why we're doing that. The second thing is, wouldn't it be incredible if the Holy Spirit this morning said, you know, Amber and Eric are two. And they want to go out as two, husband and wife, newly married, 
and they just want to go walking around the city and see who they bump into so they can share the story with. Then we have two friends. How about Angela and Abby? What if the Holy Spirit said, hey, you're a team. Y'all want to go out together? I mean, I think, wouldn't it be incredible if like two by two, everybody in our community just had this sense of, hey, the Holy Spirit is really asking us to go, to tell the story. And the Holy Spirit's empowering us to do that. So it's not really that hard to do. And, and we don't have to go out. I mean, it's not like a long script. Just go tell people what you know that God has done for you. Just go tell them. See what happens. Next couple of weeks, I'll give you some time to think about it. But I'm going to pass around a sheet. The top of the sheet is going to say two by two. I'm going to ask, do you have a sense that there's two of you that want to go out? To the south, to the north, to the east, to the west, just to the community around us. Matter of fact, let's just take a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. You know, what's, what's so exciting about the story of Mark or Matthew, or Luke or John? is we're not just talking about the past. We're talking about the adventure of following Jesus as they did now. I don't think, I really don't think anything's changed. We just have to change our mind. <laughs> have to change our mind from, oh, that was back then, to, oh, it's back then and it's now too. So Holy Spirit, speak. It's just really, it's just that sense. Just give us a sense that you want to send us, that you want to empower us. And that we have received a message of your love, a message of your kingdom, a message that you're turning things around. And when we want to deliver that message to our city and to the communities around us. And we want to do that in partnership with one other human being. So would you speak to us about that invitation and about who that partner might be? And I ask that you would begin to send us out two by two to announce your kingdom. I also want to just extend that invitation to this, t- this invitation, the invitation at the table. I mean, who we are and what we do and how we live it out really comes down to what Jesus has done for us. I mean, I mean, we, we, didn't, I mean, we didn't make this up. We didn't create this. It's something that Jesus has given to us. And so we come to this table on a monthly basis, really, so that we can be reminded of all that he's done for us so that we can then go and follow in his footsteps. So a couple of things. Steve, um, if you would go like switch to the next slide and then if you'll just kind of slip out and let 
Cindy know that we're moving into the Lord's table? That'd be great. For the rest of us, I want us to stand together. And we're going to read slowly so that Steve can get there and come back because he has another slide. Oh, thank you. Um, and what I want to say, the invitation to come to the table is, is based on the Nicene Creed. Uh, our faith is creedal. A creed is something that our forefathers centuries ago decided this is the essence of our faith. This is the foundation of our faith. Where there's really two creeds that, that bind the church together, the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. What's really unique about this creed is this creed is agreed upon from the Roman church to the Orthodox church to the Protestant church. We don't all agree on the Apostles' Creed. I didn't know that. But this is the one, if you say, hey, I'm a Christian, and you're, or you're Roman, you're Orthodox, or you're Protestant, this is, this, is, this is the basis. This is our unity. So as we come to the table, we want to come with this unity. So I want to invite you. Let's say out loud together that the words that are in dark print, let's say together. Then I'll read the smaller. And we'll get to a place that we'll uh, go halfway through. Then, then I'm going to read uh, the invitation to actually come, and I'll explain that when we get there. So together, let's read. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, of things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the begotten of God, the Father, the only begotten, that is, of the essence of the Father God of God, light of light, true God of true God, begotten and not made. The very same nature of the Father by whom all things came into being in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, who for us humanity and for our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate, was made human, was born perfectly of the Holy Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit by whom he took body, soul, and mind, and everything that is in man, truly, and not in semblance. He suffered, was crucified, was buried, rose again on the third day, ascended into heaven with the same body, and sat at the right hand of the Father. Please have a seat. This table is a table of remembrance. And so when we come, we break bread, remembering that Jesus' body was broken for us. And we drink of wine, grape juice, wine, in remembrance that his blood was shed for us. And we're remembering both the past and then the promise of a future. All of that's wrapped up in this table. So as you come to this table, one on this side with the picture closest to Rand, this is grape juice. The cork means wine, so that's wine. So we have both. Um, Noel, if you'll come and help serve. Marianne, if you'll come and serve. Either y'all just pick a side that you want to help serve. So I want you, I'm going to read what uh, just the instructions that Jesus gave us. And uh, then just take a moment when you're ready, come and receive the elements, take the elements, and then we'll, we'll end together by finishing the creed. While they were eating, Jesus took a, a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it. He gave it to them and said, Take, 
This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. And he said to them, This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I'll never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Do this in remembrance of me. So when you're ready, please come to the table, take the bread, take the wine, eat and drink in remembrance of Jesus. Then let's stand together and do our amen. Again, the dark, bold, let's read together. He is to come, and with the same body and with the glory of the Father, to judge the living and the dead of this kingdom, there is no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit and the uncreated and the perfect, who spoke through the law, prophets, and gospels who came down upon the Jordan, preached through the apostles, and lived in the saints. We believe also in only one universal, apostolic, and holy church, in one baptism and repentance for the remission and forgiveness of sins, in the resurrection of the dead, in the everlasting judgment of souls and bodies, in the kingdom of heaven, and in all the everlasting life. And together, amen.
Thank you for our morning together.